0: welcome to the Mi Hunting podcast this week i give a good friend randy hodges a call to hear the stories from turkey camp and to get an update on his most recent walleye tournament all right with me today is a good friend well i guess former boss as well randy hodges randy welcome Thank
1: you. Happy uh, to be here.
0: All right, man. So yeah, so we kind of talked a little bit before we I hit the record button there that you you guys had some success out turkey hunting. Um, I've actually been still batting zero, man. I've had yeah,
1: we we did have some success this past weekend, but up until then, it's been a we've rode the struggle bus. It's been a difficult year to say the least. Uh, I would say where we usually do a lot of our hunting and we've been very successful in years past the turkeys haven't really been there so we've had to change our our game plan and go some different areas and travel put some miles on our on our feet and really cover some ground but yeah this past weekend was fun it was it was it was a good weekend finally had some birds that would talk and actually uh play a little bit instead of not playing i guess so.
0: yeah so you and again you guys did uh like a, like you said a turkey camp yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, you hear of some that are really hardcore tricky hunters that do that type of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's really not that popular. It's usually, you know, people go out for the, you know, morning or afternoon and then they, right. you know, call it. But uh, but whereabouts were you guys at? Were you around like your properties and whatnot? Or did you guys? Uh, no, meet not up at,
1: really. Uh, it kind of a story that started last year and everyone hears of the you know, deer hunting camp, you know, November 15th and everyone's going to deer camp. And we kind of decided uh, that we want to do something a little different, enjoy turkey hunting, enjoy the, the company of friends and family. So myself and a few other buddies and family, my dad, my son, uh, and a few of my really close friends got together last year and said, hey, we're going to go camping. We're going to do it with tents. We're going to go out on some federal land camp, hunt around there, see what happens and figured what the heck get away from home do a little hunting spend some time with uh the guys and so we we went out there and it ended up snowing for three days in may last year so it was uh it was quite interesting and cold and you know we rode the struggle bus a little bit and then the last day that we were there the weather kind of broke a little bit and we ended up actually shooting four out of the six guys tagged out um, with four very nice, uh, turkeys, uh, two of them, one of mine and one of my good friends, uh, actually shot two birds that were over 11 inches long. And mine actually had an uh, inch and three quarter inch spurs. So it was, it was quite the bird for Northern Michigan. Uh, so we decided that oh, this is pretty cool. We might do this in the future. So, uh, shortly after that, one of the guys that was part of that plan and Jeff Stewart, he had, uh, unfortunately passed away um, while umping a baseball game and so we decided to get back after it this year and kind of make it the annual jeff stewart turkey camp so uh we held that this year in honor of him and for years to come we'll probably do the same thing for as long as we possibly can but it was good i uh, started off the first day of the hunt and we split off in in groups of two in my group it was a group of three me and my son that's 10 years old and Uh, my good buddy Dennis and we went out and kind of hit some properties that we knew. We did actually travel because like I said, the birds weren't where we had typically hunted them in the past. So we actually left camp and and drove about 45 minutes to where we were going to hunt. And uh, right off the bat, nothing was really happening. They flew down from their roost and went silent, which has been pretty typical of the year so far, at least for us. They hit the ground, talking like crazy up in the tree, hit the ground and they're there are no shows. So uh, we kind of, what I call run and gun a little bit, went and hit a couple other properties and just kind of get out, take a little walk, hit the call, see if you can strike anything up. And we hit a property right after our, our plan A and swung in there, hit the call, heard one light up about three, 400 yards away, way, way in the distance. And just kind of got set up, took us a little bit to get everyone set up. And I sat back a little bit and just started hitting the call and, he actually covered the ground, uh, I would say from 300, about 150 yards in the woods and never stopped. And it was really unique because he actually came, you see this sometimes and I've seen it in my, my hunting career, but and see it on TV a ton, but this bird actually came in sprint, just like almost three quarter strut, but full out sprint right to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what time so of day was that?
1: That was actually a uh, pulled the trigger at eight 30. So, really? so it was early. Probably still it, yeah, it was early. Okay. So I was surprised all by himself too. Nice, nice long beard, um, you know, mature Tom and came right into, came right into about 30 yards and my bunny, my buddy Dennis, uh, went ahead and shot him and, and did a really good job on that, but it was just unique, you know, not with any hands, nothing came in sprinting from literally 300 yards away and it wasn't an open fields. This is, this was, you know, thick woods and, you know, so he came in pretty quick, which was perfect. We're like, all right, we got one on the board. Yeah. Well, now it's my son's turn. And, you know, he's been turkey hunting for the last couple of years. Uh, he shot two turkeys before this year. Um, started his first one at eight, got another one at nine, and now this year. So about a week ago, he actually, we set up, and my buddy Josh he had called in a really nice tom for him. And actually, two hens and a tom. And so he was able to get that tom, or actually, he actually called the hens and the tom came following. Uh, from a couple hundred yards and had a perfect shot at this bird at about 18 yards and missed
0: oh no and
1: first time it's a little bit of that humble pie the kid's been very successful right I mean, he's killed several nice bucks uh you know several other deer and three turkeys or two turkeys up to that point um so he's he's never missed or did anything in that that way so honestly my buddy Josh and I were talking about it afterwards and we're both like happy you missed you know you gotta you gotta have a little bit of that humble pie once in a while and
0: yeah so he how did he handle me, that
1: uh not good because we 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 got on him a little bit about it laughing at him joking about it just trying to lighten the mood he was <laughs> bummed he's very competitive and yeah he you know he loves turkey hunting actually he'll tell you that that's his favorite thing to do um so he just likes that that gobbling the turkey coming
0: in it's a rush yeah, uh, a lot of interaction
1: yeah it's a yeah. lot of interaction so he was bummed and he had to wait all week long because I, I didn't have time with work and everything else to really take him out at all before Turkey camp. So now he just watched my good buddy, you know, kill a turkey. <laughs> and ironically, it was the same spot, same tree that we set up next to that, uh, or actually sat against when he missed his Turkey it was the same tree we sat against when my buddy shot his Turkey Dennis did. Okay. So he, yeah, it's probably the Turkey that I missed. It wasn't, uh, but it, it was just funny. Uh, so we, we give it to him a little bit and I'm like, all right, bud, you're up now. They're talking. You know, we finally got one to really break like like they should be. And so we end up driving about a mile or two, went to a different property and kind of got set up there and hit the call and got one to gobble long ways away. And so hit the call again, gobbling again. I'm like, ooh, you know, got, maybe I have a little interest here. So we got set up and actually had a pop-up blind sitting on that property. And so we just jumped, ran up on the the bridge and jumped in the pop-up blind to cover up some of the, you know, we're three of us, so cover up us a little bit and just hit the call again, nothing. Hit the call again, about three, four minutes later, nothing. And then we sat there I'm like, well, I don't know, either one or two things, he's either coming to us or he hend up and they're taking him away or he just shut up because now he's with hens. So we sat there for a few minutes, probably about another five to six minutes, and I hit the call, and he gobbled, and he had been cut the distance by about half. So oh, I'm like, ooh, nice. he's, come, he's on his way here. So we get all set up, get Jace you know, looking off one direction here where we figure that, that turkey's going to come right up this little trail up this ridge and pop right up in front of us at about 15 yards and hit the call, nothing. Hit the call again, couple, about a minute or two later nothing and sat there well then i heard a hen starting to cluck in do some yelping probably about where i heard him last and i'm like oh, oh man there's a hen. this is not good that's probably why he shut up and so i'm like well i'm gonna go for broke and i'm gonna get super aggressive maybe i can call her and upset her a little bit right right so i started every time she would talk i would get louder she'd get louder i'd get louder well then he ended up gobbling like crazy and this time he gobbled he was about 60 yards away and he started coming up the opposite direction so I had turned Jace around turn him his opposite direction get him settled he got his gun up and that hen was going crazy at this time so I just kept calling I'm like you know what he's coming I can hear him gobbling he's getting closer and closer she's not moving so she's wanting him to go back to her and so I'm just going to keep it up because it's working and all of a sudden we seen him come he broke out of this this little thicket and here he came and he was again not quite sprinting in like the last one but trotting in coming to a full strut gobbled once i kept on i kept on calling just i didn't even care even though he was within range at that time i just didn't want him to hold up and turn and go the other direction back to that hen and actually i didn't even instruct jace which i didn't even realize it until after i watched the video that i didn't even say anything to him didn't say go ahead and click your safety off okay go ahead and shoot he pretty much did everything himself on that end of it. And, you know, I heard his safety get clicked off. I'm like, Oh, here we go. So I, (laughs) I did a little cluck and trying to get him to stop. And he slightly stopped to go in a full strut and he shot him at about 25 yards and, you know, actually stoned him pretty good. Usually when you shoot, they flop and everything. This Turkey never moved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I watched the, I watched that video on on, uh, Facebook and yeah, he just dropped it in his tracks
1: dropped it in its tracks it was it was it was pretty pretty good i'm like well yeah you you got him with the full pattern and it, you know at 25 yards with a it, it was a 20 gauge modified okay. uh it actually was a gun that uh, that was jeff's
0: um, oh, that, oh too perfect jeff's, then
1: yeah that was the first turkey that was shot with that that was a brand new gun never been shot before besides 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 pattern in the backyard yeah but first time it was shot at a, at a turkey or anything and so that was pretty special for, for that to happen for Jason, for us. And, uh, it was was just, it was really good.
0: Nice.
1: So, uh, that kind of, we kind of doubled up and even though I had a tag in my pocket, I never even brought my, my gun the first day, never even took it out of the case. So we decided that, all right, we're done. Let's go back to camp. So we started heading our way back to the camp and my good buddy, Josh gave us a call and he was with my friend Tyler that was here up here, too. And they're, Tyler and Dennis, are actually from the Saginaw area. So they came across state to, to spend the weekend with us at this turkey camp. And so uh, Josh actually took one slightly after that. I think, let's see, Dennis' was about 8.30. Jason's was about 9.30. And I think uh, Josh killed his right a little bit after 10. And the unique part about that is last year where Jeff had shot his turkey during turkey camp. Ah uh, Josh actually was leaning against the same tree and called uh, a group of toms tur- in uh, to him. He, six of them came in. he ended up shooting one right there, leaning against the same tree that Jeff was on his last turkey. Uh, pretty pretty unique opportunity there. so that was pretty cool. And yeah, so then we end up getting three. and then after that, it went bad to be back to being terrible turkey hunting for the rest of the time.
0: yeah, so, you guys must just caught the day where the weather conditions were just right and Oh, yeah, Tom it was. For just it feeling like they're in the mood to go hunt down some hens, so.
1: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely, and that's what it is. It's it, it's so weird because you just catch one of those days. Last year when we shot four at turkey camp, we shot all four of them in the same day. Yeah. And this year we shot three of them in the same day. So it's it's just, I guess sometimes they're in the mood and sometimes you can get them, and other times, you know, you just, you know, they're up or, something's not right or maybe it's windy it's hard to reach out and really get a hold of them and yeah we just I think had that, that good opportunity but any day that you're able to harvest an animal a turkey or even a deer I think it's a bonus but to be able to do it three in a day or four like we did last year it's it's pretty cool
0: yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now with you guys' setups do you guys run decoys at all because I didn't see any in the video or anything. Yeah,
1: no, not very often. Actually, you you can't see it in the video, but we did set a decoy out um, when Jay shot his, but the turkey never seen it because we expected him to come up a different direction. He actually circled around us, and I don't know why. I don't know if it was because that was his closest or easiest route, but I thought he was actually going to come up in front of us and I had set a decoy off to our back of us So he would come, keep coming at least come on top of the ridge where jace would have about a 15 yard shot But where the decoy was the turkey never could see it.
0: Okay. So, so you, were, you put yeah, up that decoy inter- to where Like it was behind you guys essentially so that would have to kind of walk yeah. past you guys to get to it
1: Or at least get to the spot to where he's within range before they they kind of either get I don't want to say they get spooked, but you know decoys are one of those things uh, you know, turkeys, when you're not hunting them, they're dumb. When you're hunting them, they're the smartest thing you'll ever hunt. Yeah,
0: especially they're in eyesight. this late season now, too. They've, they've seen ah, those decoys. Yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. And these are pressured turkeys. We're not hunting five 500 acres of private land. You know, it's – I mean, these are pressured. Where Jay shot his was a 10-acre section of private that's surrounded by a ton of state land.
0: Oh, gotcha.
1: So these are pressured turkeys. It's just, you know, the decoy, you just don't know if you – now there was one time uh later that day it would have been friday later friday afternoon uh josh and tyler got on one that was an absolute magnum and they got him to come in he wouldn't talk he never gobbled but they got him to come all the way across the field and come right to them. and they were in a pretty open woodlot and so he came right to that woodlot and locked up just out of range to where tyler couldn't get a shot at him because he could see everything right he did the whole looked above looking for where's this hen i should be able to see here yep. if he turned up tail and it's and that's the thing like some that would have been a perfect opportunity for a decoy but there's also times you have a decoy and they come and see that decoy and it's like i don't think that looks real that looks fake and they 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 get spooked by it so it's really hit and miss honestly if we don't have to use them we don't uh if we if we feel like it's a perfect scenario to use it then we would put one out. The only reason I did that with Jace, because I wanted that turkey to come to the top of that ridge. And mm-hmm. if he was at the bottom of it, he would then be able to see the decoy. So I felt like he would come up on top, at least to look at it a little closer. Yeah. And then he would have a closer shot. You know, being a 10 year old, I don't, you know, in with a 20 gauge, uh, it's, yeah. I, even though he's shooting, a, you know, a number three and I just, I want that turkey, honestly, within 25 yards. Right. So where you know me with a 12 gauge with a turkey choke in it shooting threes you know three inch I can reach out there 50 yards if I need to or more uh not that I prefer to do that but for that 20 gauge and I really wanted for a kid wanted that within 25 yards so you try to do everything you can to put that into your advantage which I will say two of the three turkeys he has shot we have had the decoy out okay. and it has worked yeah so now for me it always seems to, it always seems to hurt me. So I, I just, we just call and, and again, if they hope we get ourselves set up in a position where, you know, wherever we're calling, wherever we're set up, we know that that Turkey has to at least get to a certain point in order to tell if there's a 10 there or not, you know? So if they're going to hold up, yeah, if they're going to hold up, they're going to be in range anyways. So typically that's how we like to do it, but it's hit and miss with a decoy. It's just like anything else. Sometimes it's same with calling. I totally overcalled for Jace's bird. I, I mean, completely. That's once he was gobbled, The only reason I did that was because I knew the hen was behind him. So, gotcha. As much as he talked, I talked,
0: and right. that
1: was pretty much how that worked.
0: Yeah, but I mean that. I mean that. I think he made the right choice. I mean, he, he had that hen with him, or at least, you know, he did in that same area. Point. And I mean, she must not have been ready or who knows why yeah. he didn't want to stick Most with her. Likely but... He
1: either, he had either already bred her or she wasn't ready. And, and then, or whatever, I'm sure he was with her all morning. You know, you're looking at about nine, nine 15, nine 30 at this time. So, you know, he's about at that point, to break from it, from their hens anyways. Mm-hmm. So he could have just already, you know, bred her and now he's going to move on to whatever he hears over here. She wasn't very happy about it, but, um, that that worked out it was all about time and you know a lot of times i i would tell you that typically if you get a bird to talk to you after 10 o'clock that 10 to 2 10 to 4 if you get a tom to to strike you know a lot of times that tom's by himself or with other toms or jakes and they're probably coming in
0: right you know that's,
1: that's one of my favorite times to hunt is once they split up from the hens i personally don't love not that i hate but i don't i'm not in love with you know, hunting right, right before getting out there 45 minutes, hour before daylight setting up. And, you know, cause same thing happens. Yep. Turkey light up in their tree. They fly down, they meet up with their hens and then they're, they're impossible to call. They're impossible to do. Granted, you can set up if you know, Oh, I know they always head down this path when they leave their roost and you can cut them off, but that's not always that fun either.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you know,
1: the two, it, I, it's, two it's I've okay. gotten,
0: they've both been within like that 10 to 11 o'clock time frame and yeah, yeah they were like the one he was by himself and yeah i mean he was out looking for another hen and i had i had a couple of decoys out but yeah they came right mm-hmm. in and then the other one he came in with uh um uh, like two or three other jakes that came in with yep. them so yeah the same, the same time frame they're they're away from those other hens and I'm looking for another one
1: Yeah, I tell you, a lot of times Josh and I, which, uh, you know, he's my, that's who I hunt with 99% of the time, Yeah. you know, whether it's deer fishing or, or turkey, you know, that's what we always say. We like, we don't mind checking out our properties, hitting the call, seeing where they're roosting at, doing all that stuff. But I tell you, very rarely do we set up, you know, before daylight or anything, you know, we go out and we listen, we know where they're roosting. Okay. There's, there's a group over there sounds like about a mile here's a group over to the north okay they're there over there you know and then we know where they're headed we know what they're doing you know there's times that we we know where they're at okay they're here let's go get breakfast for an hour or so and go sit down have some breakfast and then come back out and chase some turkeys and and a lot of that's just letting them do what they're going to do and not even not even get frustrated and can't call them to you can't do this or that just wait until they separate from their hens and then know what in general location they're at get out there and hit the call and boom happens a lot
0: yep all right and so now there's still what three weeks left a season
1: yeah yeah so go until uh the end of the month
0: yeah are you are you still try to get after them or
1: oh yeah i'm going to there's a there's a group of birds over on my property uh here in Lyington that i'm probably going to hunt try to hunt try to get get on top of there's four of them. They're, they're nice birds. They're smart, but they're nice birds. Um, those four. And then eh, if if those are not there, I might, I might hit some of our other areas, but yeah, my goal is this upcoming weekend is hopefully fill my tag. Uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll see if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, these days, my main goal is, you know, with Jace, get him a bird and, you know, it's been fun, uh, taking some others that don't get the opportunity to do it so often. Uh, Josh and I usually, we take a we've taken multiple people over the years last year i think we end up total for the season i want to say that we had like eight or nine birds that that we got people on and were successful so that was good we I, i honestly i'm almost more pumped when somebody else shoots one just because you can call you're part of the hunt and and don't get me wrong i like to i like to shoot one too but if it comes to that i will but it is fun to call some turkeys in
0: yeah i had i tried taking my sister out Oh, nice. The first weekend, but it was, and she wanted to do the state land and the spot that I had scouted, it was probably like almost two weeks prior, like, and it was a historic site of turkeys. I went there two days before, not a turkey in sight. No sign, nothing. And, uh, I ended up spending, even the night before when she was going to come over and just driving everywhere, trying to find any, anything and nothing.
1: Yeah, so. we actually, because Sunday, not Sunday, I'm sorry, Saturday
0: was a perfect
1: day. Wind was down. It was slightly cool in the morning, but it, it was perfect. We could not get anything to go outside of them when they're on their roost. After that, everything went silent. We covered 7.6 miles on foot.
0: Yeah, geez. Yeah, we probably been close yeah. to that too. Yeah, geez. Yeah, I don't even know how many miles by truck,
1: but by foot, it was seven point seven point two or seven point six something like that. I kept track of it. It was nuts. So yeah, totally understand that because again, like I told you in the beginning, it's it's a different year this year. A lot of the areas that that have traditionally or historically had turkeys, lots of them have been no shows, and uh, spots that we haven't really hunted in the past have been good. So
0: yeah, and I know there's, there's been a lot of people that do a lot of speculating on why that is. So do you have any ideas why? You think that they're just not not as vocal or not in the usual spot? I think it's the weather.
1: I think it's how cold it's been,
0: to be completely honest. Uh,
1: you know, everything seems to be a little bit behind. Not that that should be a good reason, because they're gobbling like crazy in their roost, but they're flying down. I'm just wondering if the hens aren't quite working. In some, some situations, you know, they, they haven't been bred yet. You know, a lot of times, and that's why I like third season. They tend to separate from their hens sooner in the morning they tend to be on the look to you know to breed so that the toms and you know jakes or whatnot male turkeys are they're on the run man they're, they're looking around trying to find that and this year it seems like they're a lot more hen up uh in third season especially you know halfway through third season well not quite well we 10 days in but but nonetheless that's why i really like third season is because you seem to have a little bit more action uh first season weather can get you second season it seems like they're they're pretty well hand up for at least the the first half of the day and then uh you know third season usually they start to separate a little quicker i don't know if it's the cold i don't know what it is but yeah they seem to be a little bit later this year with that and frankly it, it is probably the quietest they've been outside of one or two days that we've had this year uh it's been pretty quiet for you know being vocal
0: yeah, it seems like a lot of people are yeah, saying the mm-hmm. same thing. They're just not vocal or they're just not seeing birds like they had in the past. So yeah, it's been a really weird year for know, everybody.
1: Right. Yeah, probably. And, you know, the birds wise, we've seen a lot of good, I mean, we've seen a lot of birds, but again, it's just weird because they're not in the places that they typically are either. So, you know, we know roost trees that we know that birds have been roosting in those trees for years, years and years and years. You know families of turkeys year after year after year and I know two or three of those that for sure have been roosted in for dozen or more years that I know of they're not being roosted in anymore so which is odd um, even the
0: hens aren't roosted there so it, it's a little bit different
1: but I don't know I don't know really what what's triggered it but it's definitely been an odd year this year
0: so just to pivot off of turkeys now you know I certainly want to talk to you about your fishing because You are, you're one of the big walleye guys for sure.
1: Well, I like to fish a lot of walleyes. (laughs) I don't know if I'm one of the big walleye guys, but it's, uh, you know, walleye fishing to me is just, it's, it's a challenge. Walleyes are just something that I love to chase. I probably, I don't know. I probably fish walleyes. I don't even want to say how many hours or days of the year I fish walleyes, but definitely chase them all over the state, multiple bodies of water different tactics uh I've got my preferred and what I probably do majority of the time which is jigging
0: okay um I was but, going to ask you that you if know, you were more yeah. the jigger or a troller
1: yeah not not you know nothing wrong with trolling you cover body of water and there's those situations to where you uh you really you troll certain bodies so you're on Saginaw Bay you want to be trolling you know you're it, eerie yeah you can hit some of the reefs and you can pitch jigs and you can you know, do that kind of thing, hair jigs or blade baits, anything like that. You can do that out in Lake Erie by up and around the the reefs, but you're trolling most of the time. For me, I'm just, I have too much energy. So jigging and and being active and actually feeling that it's more of a finesse bite than it is necessarily just, you know, putting lines out, even though that that's tough, you know, trolling can trolling can be difficult. You know, there's guys that I know that are amazing trollers. They can go out and they can, they can really I guess trigger in right to what they need to do and that could be where's that where's that water column at you know our walleyes are typically bottom you know they're typically on the bottom but in some of the bays and, and bigger waters they can suspend too so really trusting your electronics and doing all that stuff is is really an art so there's some fantastic trollers out there to me it's just not active enough so okay and the jigging I mean you didn't know then you got the rod in your hand you're you're jigging you're trying to figure out okay how am I getting a bite and then boom you get hammered and believe it or not walleyes I mean they absolutely they can absolutely rip the rod out of your hand so some of them, not all but uh so I like that energy I like that hit you know I like that thump and then of course you know you you trigger that so that's really what what we do the most of and and I say we my buddy Josh and I I mean uh that's pretty much what we do and I would say 95 percent of the time that's what we're chasing is walleyes and just recently probably you know probably three four years ago we started doing occasional tournaments here and there and we've had great success um we've won a couple we've taken you know second and third and fourth and a couple and most recently last fall we won the the walleye classic uh over in saginaw and that was out of 85 boats i believe so that was a that was a really good tournament for us and and then we started to uh, kind of up it up you know step it up a little bit and go into the michigan walleye tour this year so we fished the detroit river a few weeks back in the beginning of april and <laughs> had a great couple days of pre-fishing uh really found the fish found some nice fish i wouldn't say huge uh boxes and in most of these tournaments it's obviously five fish total if for a total weight of your five fish and so I think on Thursday, we, we weighed our top five and we were, pro, I think we we're around like 17, 18 pounds, which is not great, but comparably, um, it wasn't bad. Uh, and then on Friday, pre-fishing, I think we put 19 pounds in, in the boat, our top five. And again, if we would have took those two on the two days of the tournament, we probably would have placed in the top 25. So out of 150 boats. So to put it in perspective, those weren't bad weights at all wasn't a lot of big fish in the system at that time you know Detroit River is known for and Lake Erie is known for these big hogs that are you know eight to ten pounds and sometimes you run into them and sometimes they've spawned and left and okay. in this case most of them had spawned and left
0: so, so you think that's what happened
1: uh, yeah that's exactly what's happened we we're okay. catching a lot of don't get me wrong we we're catching some females I think in the four days of fishing that we were there two days of pre-fishing two days of tournament I think we caught two females that that still had eggs in them and that was it
0: The rest of them, we caught
1: maybe another three or four, uh, females that were spawned out, you know, they were still nice fish, but they were spawned out. I, I had caught a, in day two of the tournament, I caught a 6.35 pound, um, spawned out female and that ended up taking, taking some money on uh, big fish. So that was good, which wasn't the big fish of the tournament. It was just on that day. It took third place in big fish. And they paid out for that. So that was good. We got our money back for the tournament and a little extra. So it kind of made it worth it. There you go. But uh, yeah, in the first two days, we, we didn't think we did too bad there. Pre-fishing, went out Saturday, had a game plan, went right to it, and they weren't there. Or they were there, and we couldn't get anything to go. Gotcha.
0: So no. we rode. Go ahead. For the for for these tournaments, too, are, are you still jigging then? Or can yep. you do trolling, well, you too? No, you can do
1: really we, we chose the jig. Okay. Um, but some people were trolling, some people were pulling, um, hand lining, you know, their are handlining, which is a method that's used quite often in, uh, Detroit river. But this year it was so clear. You could see 10 foot down. And so, you know, hand lining where you're popping up a weight off the bottom as you're moving slowly against the current. Okay. And you know, it was spooking fish, but in Detroit river, if it's a little bit muddied up it's you could absolutely destroy the fish hand line. and so uh we had our we had hand lines. we we did it a little bit in pre-fishing i think we caught one walleye and we tried it a couple different times so we abandoned that we stuck to strictly jigging and that's it most of the guys actually everyone that really placed was uh was jigging there were some guys that were trolling that did well on day one struggled on day two um some guys are pitching jigs they're up in the shallows trying to get a big fish so they're they're pitching jigs or maybe ripping some blade baits or you know really or ripping wraps anything like that And there that that was tough because it was so bright sun was bluebird skies and crystal clear water
0: okay so if, when they're up in water, the shallows like there, are they are they trying to get them on their on their beds or something
1: nope i uh, just you know a lot of times your your big females they're in their spawning, so they might be on a, a little rock edge you know that's shallow eight to ten foot they might be in their spawning or they could be in their feeding on on minnows or any other creatures that are up in the shallows oh, and as I that gotcha. sun comes up they, they do go out towards towards deeper water right but yeah you're just trying to kind of trying to find that <clears throat> actually a team that and, and day one that was in first place after day one they pretty much fished uh, a 12 foot a 12 foot deep water section um, that was holding a lot of you know four to five pounders and I think they actually took big fish on day one with like an eight and a half pounder. Uh, that, and that's what they were doing. They were just hitting a small little spot and they were pounding fish all day long, just nice fish. Mm. And so, you know, that adds up every ounce adds up. So they ended up coming in, I think with like 26 pounds, I think was day one lead. And, uh, we struggled. We, we panicked a little bit. We started moving around We got away from it, from the area that we knew that held some decent fish. And we, just kind of bounced around trying to run into something. And sometimes that's the biggest mistake you can have because you know, there's fish there. So just be patient. They're going to turn on, just stick to your game plan. So we ended up honestly only weighing in nine pounds, just shy of 10 pounds. It was like 9.82 pounds on day one, which we were not happy about ended up in like a hundred and hundred fifth 105th place. I think it was out of day one out of 150. So uh, not, not sitting where we wanted to be and really kind of disappointed. So we decided day two, we're going to go right back to where we were at. We know there's fish there. We should have never left it. We knew in day in our pre-fishing, we still caught fish at noon and two and three o'clock and we abandoned it after the first hour and tried to go find fish and it was stupid. Um, so we went back there. We literally stayed there pretty much throughout the whole day. And we just, we just chipped away, end up catching we, we end up catching our three man limit of fish and then releasing fish as well. Um, but, uh, it was, we, we up hitting some nice fish and we ended up with just shy of 22 pounds on day two, which put us in day two, it put us in like seventh or eighth place out of 150 boats. Um, but total weight at, at the end of tournament moved us up to like 53rd, I think it was 53rd place, but again, 53rd out of 150. Um, and we had probably our worst day of fishing. In a very long time on day one of the tournament so
0: no definitely sounds uh, like a strong finish for yeah it was uh, a great bad uh first day
1: oh a terrible first day and it really was and it got to us a little bit we were frustrated and you know we've we've yeah so we learned a lot let's say that and that's the best thing about fishing you always learn it you know hunting fishing no matter you know whatever you can observe you know watch and what did i do different or what could i have done different or what should we have done and so it's really unique because that's what I like about tournaments because I'm a little bit competitive uh, and just being able to go do that. But you also makes you think a little differently, makes you put things in in a different perspective that you have to actually, if you want to win, if you want to do that kind of stuff, if you want to be at the top of it, you got to, you got to kind of go out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you got to make decisions and sometimes those decisions bite you in the butt and sometimes they don't. And they did with us on day one. So we made a decision and it was a team. It was a team decision. And, you know and then it didn't work out for us it could have and it would have been great but it didn't in that that situation so nonetheless uh you know i was pretty happy how everything turned out and again we did cash in a check with with a top three big fish finish so that was good um and you paid for everything it was a great trip and anytime that you're on the water or even in the woods it's uh it's a bonus
0: yeah oh yeah 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 that's the biggest is like you know i'm I'm sure that that was a huge learning experience of like, okay, we know where those fish are. We can't abandon it. Yep. Yeah. Just calm down. The, the yeah. bite will be there. But yeah, we, we left pretty
1: quickly. You know, it's It's the first day of the tournament. You know, you're, you have pressure under your ear and it's like, we took a couple drifts down through this area and we never touched the fish. No, I, I, let me take that back. Josh hooked up. He dropped down his, his bait game and touched the ground and he hooked up on day one was uh it was a 15 inch fish and which was just barely legal for for tournament and or anywhere walleye fishing outside Saginaw Saginaw they can be 13 inches uh but in Detroit it's 15 inches and so just barely legal and it was so funny because he pulled it in and he tossed it right back in the water like a tournament fishing and that's a 15 inch that 15 incher would have helped us it would have bumped us up to a probably about 11 pound or about 10, 10 and a half pounds would have moved us up probably another eight to 10 spots overall. And it was just funny because you don't think that you're in Detroit river, you you know, you're tossing, you shouldn't have to toss up, you should be able to toss a 15 inch fish back because you're probably going to catch a bunch of three, four or five pounders. Yeah. It wasn't the case in day one. So yeah. after that, oh, we drifts through that and never touched the fish and we're like, yep, they're not here. We got to go. And we, we panicked a little bit with it, but, we learned, like I said, and, and, you know, there's other other things with that is you're, you're seeing people, you're talking to people, um, you know, after the tournament, when you're weighing in, you're talking to people and yeah, wow, this is, wow, where are you guys, you know, what were you doing? What were you doing? And you end up learning a lot of stuff about, you know, what's worked, what doesn't. So it's pretty cool. Um, definitely helps to just continue to, you know, bring all that information in,
0: you know, yeah. it never hurts. Yeah. Now, do you have any other, uh, tournaments coming up this spring yet?
1: No, we, we chose not to fish anymore this spring. It's, you know, with Turkey hunting, uh, here in, in May. And then in June and July, we're pretty, we're Josh and I are both pretty busy. And I actually, I started getting ready for hunting. Like I've planted alfalfa already. I got a plant coming up next week. I'm going to plant some and then Memorial weekend, I'll be doing my last food plot plant. And so okay. that takes up. Well, so we chose not to do any tournaments uh, this spring. Our next tournament won't be until the fall.
0: Yeah. I was, we'll I was, I was, I was going to ask you if you've started uh, any of your food plots or anything like that, but it sounds like yeah, you're yeah. on the ball there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am. I'm not putting in nearly as many. I mean, there's years that, I don't know, put in 12 to 13, 14 different food plots ranging from, you know, a quarter to a half an acre up to three acres. Uh, this year I'm only putting in, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, four total this year. And I'm actually changed it up a little bit on my my property where my son does most of his hunting and put alfalfa in. So this is going to be new to me. I've never really had to plant that for a food plot. So we'll see how it goes, how it goes. But I've had that in the, got that in the ground late April. And so we'll see, it hasn't, you know, it's starting to take off a little bit, but we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did alfalfa oh. a couple years back and like mm-hmm. it came up, but I ended up, I didn't prep the seabed nearly good enough, but it was that second year that that alfalfa really took off so yeah
1: and that that's typical from what i i understand again this is one of those learning i've been doing food plots for 18 years 15 18 years and you know you always tell huh, what should i plant this year what should i do and i've been pretty constant with planting
0: the same stuff and it gets to the point to where
1: yeah it's working but am i missing something
0: here so no try it yeah. no, try so what it. are you gonna be planting next week then
1: uh, so next week, what's going in is I'm actually getting everything prepped up for my fall plots.
0: So, oh, gotcha.
1: Yeah, I'll be putting buckwheat in, mostly all those areas. I'll put my buckwheat in, get that all fertilized up and everything, plant that, and then uh, end up r- rolling it probably in mid-August. I'll roll it.
0: Yeah, you're going to give that a try and this year, then, huh?
1: Yeah, I'm going to roll it, kill it, and then broadcast all my uh, my fall seed, which is you know just your, your typical you know turnips and radishes and you know maybe some clover beet and oats and stuff like that just a mixture you know just seeing how that goes I need to build up a lot of my soil the more years um, like the areas I'm putting buckwheat we've tilled up quite a bit every single year
0: yeah and
1: start breaking down that mass and you know you can definitely see how it's hurting you know your your yield and so I'm gonna try not doing that anymore and just put put buckwheat in, roll it down, kill it, broadcast, see what happens.
0: Yeah. Have you Have you noticed a decrease in your organic matter when you do like your soil samples and whatnot from tilling?
1: Absolutely.
0: Have. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's it's pretty. The last year, last year in particular, it was really bad.
0: What and What was it,
1: it? Uh, my pH.
0: Or, no, your organic matter. What was that sitting at?
1: oh geez I don't even remember now okay trying to think what it would have been I didn't do it this year because I'm not tilling it so I said (laughs) forget it um um, it wasn't good I mean I could even tell from the yield as as I put everything and I used to have food plots that were amazing and like every year they kind of just went down even though I I always do lime I, I I do soil samples I check my ph and and all that stuff and then plus you fertilize and you meet what the requirements are for it. And we've had again, we've had great success. We have we have food there for the deer, and I think that's important. But it's also you tend to throw a lot of money in it and a lot of time in it trying to make it what it is when you're actually doing more harm by beating it up. Yep. So yep. definitely trying to do more of the the no-till, trying to do more of the, you know, even our broadcasting over like buckwheat. Um, instead of really breaking that as yeah, that that top layer that that,
0: yeah yeah I know or, we we've talked about that and I did yeah all no till last year, and aside yeah. from some crazy grass that ended up coming in um, after I did my first kill, um, that kind yep. of comp- competed with the buckwheat, yep. Um, I was really happy with the results that I got, and yeah I mean oh, okay. I'm I'm really e- eager to see um, with this next soil sample I do on if I, you know, have much improvement on, um, you know, the nutrients or the, you know, the chemical breakdown to see if I am able to save some money and not, you have to use as much fertilizer this year.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Because again, I mean, if you can get away, buckwheat's cheap enough. If you can get away with doing that and you can continue to build that, that soil up, that's the best. Yep. I mean, you're, you're tilling it up and don't get me wrong. I like to have, it looks nice to have a nice, You know tilled up field before you plant and everything's perfect but end of the day all you're doing is really year after year you're killing that soil unless you're putting into it what you're taking out and that's tough to match yeah for a deer food plot that's tough to match yeah yeah the amount of uh,
0: forage that they take off of it you lose so much Mm -hmm. more than yeah unless you're doing you know a spring um like cover crop mixed with us and then follow up with a summer cover crop and then do your fall plot right you'll never right. you'll never catch up to it
1: you'll never catch up to it so trying to get away from that especially in my smaller plots that i i will plant probably the rest of my hunting life <laughs> um and so you know you think about that in long term okay this is an area that i've already been planting for i don't know five six years and in this and i'm speaking of my prop my personal property and now i hope to probably plant that for the next 30 if you're not putting something back, you have to figure it out because you're going to kill that that soil. So, yeah. So that's what I'm trying. Something a little different this year back here. See how it works, and then my other uh, plots that I'm putting in are in, you know, very soil rich areas, and you can really tear that up as much as you want and grow whatever you want there. So um, that I'm not so concerned of, and I'll just do my normal stuff, which I'm not planting anything there right now but i'll plant that in the fall
0: yep all right man well that sounds good i've uh kept you a little bit longer than i wanted to tonight
1: i was just to say well thank you
0: no man thanks for coming on no i i appreciate it and i'll just scroll through the old facebook i'm like man like he got him another another uh turkey and i see <laughs> that he's been out practicing with his uh compound yeah
1: yeah he has he's uh he's getting really good with it actually you know he's wanting, made a with him if he shoots it and he we can continue to bump the poundage up and get to a a reasonable ethical poundage that you know perhaps late season or something he can you know go out and shoot a doe with his bow
0: yeah and what's, so what's that's your guys's what uh, goal for the poundage
1: uh you know it varies i mean you it's it's a fast bow um but i would like to see him honestly over 40 pounds
0: okay i yeah.
1: want two to 45 if I can and he's pulling like 30 right now so and he's pulling it pretty easy I mean he'll sit outside and shoot 200 arrows
0: yeah he, so, he didn't look like he was having any difficulties uh, yeah, I saw that practice yeah. and I mean he was holding it just fine so
1: yeah he was he's a little shaky with it so most of it's just keep it low right now work on your form work on your form work on your form concentrate concentrate you know those different things you know knock and point every single time you know, nice, smooth release, you know, just a little, you know, I guess bow shooting one-on-one stuff. Yep. And then every so often he doesn't know it. I'm bumping up his his poundage, you know, maybe a quarter turn, yep. you know, just kind of it up a little bit about once every week and a half or so, the two weeks. And my hope is, is that he doesn't realize it keeps keeping his form, you know, doesn't change it. And if I see something change, I'll just turn it back down. Yep. You know, the only thing that's really funny is that as I do that, you know of course his his arrow is going different so you know he's gaining a little bit more speed and it's kind of funny because i don't know what's going on i'm shooting high dad and i'm like yeah let's move your let's move your pin down just a touch and he doesn't know what i'm doing but again i'm not trying i don't want him to know what i'm doing because i want him to concentrate like it's the same thing every time
0: yep so all right man yeah that's awesome though i mean the fact because he's he's 10 right
1: He's ten, yep, he just turned ten and
0: ten and slaying turkeys, shooting a compound bow. He's well on his way, man.
1: He's on his way. He has again he missed that turkey and that was that was an okay thing.
0: Yeah. No. That was
1: an okay thing. It's so, you know, you have to be humbled once in a while. I'm glad he missed and didn't wound it. But uh that's hunting, you know that. Mm-hmm. The more you hunt, you know, unfortunately you're gonna miss once in a while and you know, you you just will learn learn from that and you keep at it and he was pumped when he shot that turkey because he had missed and he was in the dumps about it so then when he was eight, when he shot one you know it was that oh, i got it you yeah. know and he was he was super pumped
0: oh i know uh, yeah i not- saw the other video too and yeah he was just walking yeah. up just, just just i don't even remember what he said because he's so pumped about it yeah, but yeah did the little or fist something. thing yeah <laughs> he was
1: just so pumped and uh it was just cool it's excitement man i mean that's how we all are that's why we love it we mm-hmm. love the hunt it's adrenaline it's just it's a challenge and i i I appreciate the enthusiasm out of that and that's that's why i posted that that shows like a five second video Mm -hmm. but it was just that enthusiasm just you know gives you chills a little bit because that's why you do it and the good news is that he has that so if he didn't he was like oh yeah that was cool just shot a turkey you know i don't even want him to hunt that you know i want him to enjoy it and have that drive like we all have yeah and and he's getting it granted he he definitely likes the turkey hunting better than anything else i'm kind of I prefer bow hunting for whitetails, but eh, maybe maybe he'll get there too.
0: <laughs> or maybe maybe he'll just uh, go off on his own and just be a big-time turkey hunter.
1: <laughs> he might. He loves turkey hunting. Yeah, he told me, he's like, Dad, I'll call your bird in for you this year. And I'm like, eh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, about it. So he does. He practices about every night in the house, about 8.30 in the house with practice on a slate call right now so he's doing that and I'm like that's really annoying but I'll let it go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right man. Well that's right, awesome man. to hear bye. that he's so so uh fired up about it. So Me too. but yeah man, all right again, I'll let you go for the night. Uh All right, buddy. All right, you have a good one man. Hey, you too. All right, bye. All right, so that's a wrap from this episode. A big thanks to Randy for coming on. You know, it was kind of short notice, but uh I was just scrolling through the old Facebook and whatnot and saw that he had updated that, you know, his son had had some success, uh, doing some turkey hunting. And I figured why not get him on the phone to hear that story from him and be able to share it with you guys. He graciously decided he would, uh, come on and share that story with you all as well. You know, Randy is one of those guys that we have, uh, worked together in the past. He was actually my former manager. Uh, he actually hired me in into my current job. Um, uh, and he, uh, he was kind of one of my very first mentors, um, when I first wanted to get back into bow hunting, um, listened to him quite a bit um, and talked to him about options, about you know what type of bow, you know, what types of setups, you know, and you know really just tactics on, on being a bow hunter. I have no doubt that he was truly one of my first mentors um, to really get me on this track with bow hunting um, and getting back into the whitetail woods. Um, he was intram- instrumental in you know guiding me along that path with all you know with all of his history and knowledge you know he's one of those guys that you can just sit and talk to for hours um about hunting and fishing and he is just a wealth of knowledge and it's awesome that you know to be able to hear his stories especially passing that down onto his son to where you know he can you know certainly you know be a mentor for the next generation as well he's going to be a great advocate for that um and leading leading that way and it sounds like it sounds like jason's uh well on his way um you know as what, what Randy was saying it sounds like he's more of the turkey hunter than deer hunter so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he develops as a hunter uh, in the future but yeah so it was great hearing that story about their turkey camp and you know those the stories of of his friend and, and that and them starting to do that annual turkey hunt you know that's a lot of times what it's all about when it comes to hunting is you know get harvesting the animal at the end you know that's the icing on the cake But that's just one small piece of of that big pie um you know it's the stories it's the connections it's the you know the experiences you know those emotions of you know success and failures as a hunter and this is you know in both in those little stories of that randy told both with the turkey as well as as a fishing tournament you know he he embodies you know that message um you know that is you're there to learn you're there to have fun and also there to you know push yourself in pursuit of an animal so i guess that would be you know kind of the big message um that comes out of this episode here is that you know it's really it's not the it's not the destination it's the journey so i hope that you have a time you know the spring or this year to go on your own journeys have your own adventures build your own stories and one challenge i'll give to everyone is try to take someone out you may not have the same opportunity as you even if you're not the greatest hunter. Simply taking out someone that may uh, need a little bit of help or want to go out and try to experience that as well. You know, that's my challenge you is try to take out someone, try to become a mentor to someone. Um, you will only grow more as a hunter, um, taking on that responsibility of guiding someone else along their journey as a hunter or fisher or outdoorsman as well. And spring's coming towards an end and summer's right around the corner. So we'll be diving in in the future of getting pr- prepared for the fall seasons. In the meantime, get out there. Go hunting, go fishing, go have an adventure, and we'll catch you next week.